back to the manhood to join to be able to open up the word of God again, jump in it with you guys and uh, see what the Lord would bless us with. Uh, today we're going to cover a topic of faithfulness or fidelity, especially as married men as we would be uh, seeking to cultivate a heart and lifestyle of faithfulness to our wives. We're going to touch on sexual fidelity, emotional fidelity, and uh, the use of pornography and, and things like this. Um, in the coming weeks, we'll go into a little bit more depth around uh, for single and um, uh, married guys around uh, sex and what's allowable before and after marriage and how much, uh, 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 where, where the scripture draws those lines. So they're going to be uh, age restricted, therefore not on the app, but on YouTube. Um, only so you'll need an account that can verify you're over 18 that's just going to be our safe way to keep it uh, away from young years uh, that would be otherwise inappropriate but today we're going to talk about specifically the the attribute or the characteristic of a man who is faithful who delights in and loves his wife there is uh, uh, climbing rates of adultery and infidelity uh, a lack of faithfulness um, in marriages these days and uh, there is an enormous, as we look in scripture, we see that God is a covenant keeping God and that the, the gospel is pictured as a, a cosmic eternal marriage that, that God has uh, sent his son to pursue a wife and that by dying for her, the father gives to his son this wife that he has cleansed um, by the blood of Jesus. And that in the final chapters of Revelation, we see that this is all culminating in this picture of the marriage supper of the lamb when this world is done away and we are feasting around the table with our soul's husband Jesus who loved us and gave himself for us and uh, this is the biblical narrative <clears throat> so marriage is important to God because it pictures as we talked about last week it pictures God's nature God's love God's call on men it pictures God's gospel between Jesus and the church <clears throat> And faithfulness, therefore, is something that God highly uh, values and demands and empowers. Lack of faithfulness or infidelity, fide being that Latin word for faith. Okay, so infidelity is just unfaithfulness. Um, and committing of adultery is something that in scripture has huge costs and punishments. Uh, first of all, it's it, the, the price to pay for an adulterer is a separation from God. We, we read both in... 1 Corinthians and Revelation, that the, the adulterous do not inherit the kingdom of God. They do not belong to Jesus Christ. Um, and, and of course, the cost of adultery frequently is the marriage. This, as we looked at last week, the amazing blessing that God gives to a man, that is stripped away oftentimes when there has been a neglect of it and a breaking of that marriage covenant. Uh, in the Old Testament, God uh, punished adultery by the death penalty he took it that seriously he caught committing adultery it was found out that you had you would be killed uh, your life would be taken from you as a capital offense um, uh, and in the new testament the equivalent of that is church discipline the, the the church community is separated from you if you're somebody who lives in adultery um, and cheating on uh, uh, the wife that you've made covenants to before god of course we see even in scripture that and this is not the main, uh, the main motivator. But one of the things that scripture shows us is this is just a holistic way to curse your life. I heard one pastor talk about 
um, adultery as the cutting and slicing of your own throat. Get a picture of that. A guy with a, a large long blade slicing his own throat, hacking through the arteries. That is what the scripture shows to us is a picture of adultery. It, it costs everything. And so it also tells us there's a huge financial cost to adultery, which you may not think the scripture would make a big deal out of, but it does. Uh, we see that faithfulness and good stewardship and financial blessing is a sign of blessing from God oftentimes. Um, and and that is is stripped away in the um, uh, in adultery, uh, the, the costs of of the relationship and the costs of divorce and the cost of resetting up life is enormous. Uh, we even seen Proverbs 5, and this is where if you have a Bible turn there, Proverbs chapter 5 is going to be our main center point of passages today as we go in and around there. But um, in chapter 5, verse 9 to 11, um, we're told that, uh, that this young man is being told by his father, do not go near the door of the house of the adulterous woman. He says in verse 9, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless. Um, there is a, a le an honor cost. Your honor is taken from you in adultery. Uh, it's stripped from you. Uh, your legacy also, we can read in chapter 6, verse 33, Proverbs 6, verse 33, <clears throat> says um, uh, this, this adulterous man, he will get wounds and dishonor and his disgrace will not be wiped away. There is great disgrace shame, dishonor that comes on a man in his name when he is defiled and cheated on and committed adultery against his wife. Uh, and this is what the scripture shows to us. We, we, we see uh, in um, uh, that, that it also take back in chapter five, it takes away the strength of a man. The glory of a man is his strength, we're told in Proverbs. And it says in um, verse 10 of chapter five, do not commit adultery lest strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life, you groan. This is a picture that um, there is huge cost, personal, emotional, spiritual, family, social cost to adultery. God is just yelling through every category he can, be faithful to the wife of your youth. Do not commit adultery. And, and, and I want to say, especially um, to, to, to the married men, at the moment that uh, there is temptations that come up all through life and I want you to hear me talking directly to you uh, uh, to be f to, to exhort you to be increasing your defensiveness around your family and especially your marriage relationship uh, it is always under attack it is always being tempted to be broken um, uh, the, the the world has is geared to uh, despise covenant faithfulness in marriage um, and distort that. And so I'm exhorting you, protect that relationship. If you have any considerations in your mind of ladies that you work with, that you know that there's temptations that you have, I just, uh, I'm calling you to pray against that. Kill those sins in your heart. Honor the marriage covenant you have made with your wife. The cost is high and ultimate for breaking this. We, we, we need to cover a topic like this because as Proverbs 9 tells us, you can turn to Proverbs 9 verse 17, um, the, the writer tells us this, that uh, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. 
you can see the analogy. He's saying the, the stolen secret pleasures of sex with a married woman or, or uh, though you're a married man, those stolen secret pleasures have a sweetness to them. That there's that there's the joy in, in the secrecy. Uh, and yet it, it tells us in the in the next verse, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 17, it then says, But he does not know that the dead are there, and that the, the her, that her guests are in the depths of the grave. There is a sweetness to something like in the pleasures of adultery and temptation and affairs, but the end is death. Behind that, that secret curtain that you're going to go behind is, is graves of dead men's bones who have tried this before and, and seen the death of all that they enjoy. Adultery destroys. And so we need to be men as a, as a church and as, a, as a, a community of men, those who uphold and honor and protect marriage and, and glorify fidelity and faithfulness in marriage that needs to be a, a trait of hope reform baptist church men that's what we want to be known for men who love marriage pursue marriage and when we're in marriage honor our, our wives in love and sexual intimacy uh, without going outside of those bounds proverbs 9 is is uh in god's word and it sees a, an echo in in uh in much of even the secular world i was reading just earlier there was a uh um, a passage, I'll, I'll read a section of it, but it was a, um, a research into adultery and those who have divorced because of adultery. And it's saying it was speaking of the high financial cost of adultery. And it says this, I, I think echoing Proverbs 9, which said, uh, 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 stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. And these writers, secularists, not Christian, they said, Research shows that new love can literally intoxicate your brain. So they're talking about an adultery. So that many of those new expenditures that are associated with the start of any new romance, tickets, meals out, bar tabs, hotel rooms, gifts, all of these um, uh, other expenses are meant to keep the whole thing secret and it's saying that, that uh, all of those new costs, those high costs, which rack up, there was one research saying on average, like three to five grand uh, over a few month period for secret adulteries and relationships. And it's saying that the brain is literally intoxicated like on a substance when there's new adulterous love going on so that it's blinded to the new costs. That's what this is talking about. Do not be foolish. Do not give your strength away. Do not blind yourself and walk down the path like a, uh, another passage in Proverbs will tell us, like, a, like a, 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 an animal that's just going to the slaughter with blinkers on. has no clue. It's about to die. We must not be those men. But uh, uh, in order to exhort and um, encourage us as men, I don't want to tear down and simply um, condemn uh, but rather to, to build up and strengthen and encourage and exhort and edify. Uh, I want to remind you that <clears throat> as per Proverbs chapter 5 here, uh, adultery, sorry, um, fighting adultery and fidelity in your marriage is a battle. Uh, both because there is outward attacks and because there is inward temptations. You and I are part of the problem. External world of temptations, also part of the problem. 
but it's not just enough to focus on the culture, on feminism, on on a uh, uh, sexualized world that we live in. It's not enough to do that. We have to deal with ourselves, decisions we make, taking responsibility for that. So Proverbs 5 um, shows to us this, uh, this father imploring his son to be faithful. He says in verse 3, The lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. In other words, I need to warn you against this, gentlemen, because, and do it repeatedly, as Proverbs does, because it, it is a severe and real sweet pleasure, uh, a pleasant temptation. The woman, uh, the adulterous woman, her lips drip honey. It seems sweet and her speech is smoother than oil. Verse four. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander and she does not know it. Oh, now, my sons, listen to me. Do not depart from the words of my mouth. This is imploring on the part of the uh, writer of the Proverbs to uh, avoid all starts, all temptations, all beginnings of adultery in relationships. Uh, verse 8 says here, Keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. He's saying, don't even start on the way down the path to go by her window so you conveniently look in or see or stumble across her and, and uh, don't even put yourself in the way or realm of temptation. Stay away. And the adulterous woman here is not simply all women. You have to you interact with women in life. The point is that it's talking about the situation where a woman will become to you a temptation uh, or will be taken advantage of by you. Uh, and so I think what the pro uh, writer of the Proverbs is imploring us to have here is a zero tolerance approach when it comes to flirtation and friendships with females, right? People of the opposite sex. This means this is something we should be saying to our wives as well and something we need to uh, instill in our own lives. Um, do not be, no matter how friendly, how kind, how nice, evangelistic, whatever uh, you want to be as a guy in the workplace uh, uh, or in the uh, extended family and in the sports grounds and whatever else you do, right? Okay, and in the neighborhood, wherever you are, as kind and nice as you are, have a zero tolerance approach to flirtation. Uh, do not let the, the flicking of the hair and the laughing and the touching your arm, uh, do not let that go unnoticed. Avoid that kind of activity, uh, behavior, and, and we'll know it in ourselves before anybody else can notice it. You and I have to be self-guarding, self-mastering ourselves to have a zero-tolerance approach to flirtation with women. And this does mean that we should not have uh, individual relationships uh, with, uh, with a girl that is not first a friend of my wife. No, we just don't have that. I don't have any girl friends if I have a wife, she has girlfriends. We have friends who are girls that I am friends with mutually with my wife. There is no room to have a, 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 a girlfriend that I catch up with for coffee or go and hang out with in any regard that is not first just a friend of my wife. Gentlemen, you don't need them. Let me say this, if you feel like you need that companionship, that friendliness in, a, in another woman, really do the work of the husband, man up, end that friendship and cultivate that friendship that you desire 
in your wife. Uh, there's, you know, I mean, it was the Romans who used to have uh, a wife to make some babies, a prostitute to uh, have sex with, a concubine to go out on dates with you, and then a slave girl that you'd bang whenever you feel the urge to. We're not Romans. We don't have a, a feminine people in our life that meet different needs of our heart. We have one wife. She's our best friend. She's our only girl friend. She's the one that we love. And if she has friends that are gals, that's fine for me to get to know them too. I think this needs to just be a, a scorched earth approach uh, in order to kill any opportunities for flirtation and adultery to come up. And, and it's also about protecting your future self. You might be great in your relationship in your marriage now. There might be no sense of temptation towards adultery. But if those friendships are allowed to grow, there will come a day when you and your wife have a terrible fight as you leave in the morning. You are having a dry patch over a period of weeks or months. And it's those elements that you need to uh, protect your marriage for so that you don't go to work and see your old best mate, that, the Sheila that you like, and go hang out with her and start developing emotional connections. Don't do it. Cut it out. Um, rather, uh, invest heavily in your wife. Uh, and, and, and I want to make the point that in our culture, we uh, uh, frequently, or maybe it's in the movies or on, the, on TV shows or whatever, uh, the guy who can um, get or sleep with or cheat on his wife with a bunch of gals is often shown as you know the 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 alpha male, the jock, the 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 real dude, the real man, and then the maybe the guy who only ever has sex with one woman, his wife, is maybe painted as the whipped one. Uh, no, it's a good good thing that you do that, but it is less impressive than being able to extend out and take um, uh, many women, you know, as if we're some kind of evolved beasts from uh, the the field. Rather, <clears throat> what I want to point out is that faithfulness and not unfaithfulness is the mark of masculinity so not just righteousness not just saying that's a good thing to do it's the manly thing to do faithfulness takes real hard-earned hard-working sweat of the brow masculinity faithfulness is masculine cheating is cowardly and weak it's pathetic <clears throat> Because, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's the cowardly and the weak man who, uh, who commits adultery because he has no self-mastery. He sees something, desires it, walks after it. He has no self-mastery over his own lusts. He can't even control himself. He's weak. He's cowardly. He doesn't uh, attack, approach, and defend himself or his marriage against those inward lusts. So uh, that number one, he's, he's cowardly and weak. Uh, the man who has control over self, discipline over lusts, that's the real masculine man like Jesus who lived his life as a single man and never once had an adulterous, lustful thought or word or act or move that he made or sexual encounter that he had. He was pure and upright, not just because he was holy, but because he was masculine. He was a real man but also cowardly cowardice and weakness also seeks pleasure without marriage if we you think back over the you know the things that we've been touching that men should be through our videos one of the big ones is responsibility now a man who commits adultery or sleeps with a married woman 
he's a coward and he's weak because he can't he is wanting pleasure without responsibility or maybe we take young men who are sleeping with their girlfriends or um, are putting off marriage because they're sleeping with somebody that they like or multiple girls that they like anyway these guys are seeking pleasure without responsibility they're having all the sex without any of the child rearing uh, relationship developing marriage upholding work that comes with responsibility so that's why cowardice and weakness pulls men towards adultery uh, and sex without responsibility furthermore uh, coward cowardice and weakness seek sex outside of marriage because they are unable uh, and incapable too weak and too cowardly to tend their garden well so they have internal needs maybe desires maybe there's an emotional rift between him and his wife and instead of manning up, being masculine, taking responsibility, being a gardener, realizing he's the glory of God, imaging God's righteousness, instead of stepping up and working on the relationship, okay, being the gardener over the garden he's been given and pulls out the weeds, instead of that, he neglects that garden, goes over to somebody else's garden and starts picking fruit. That's what the, the adulterer does. He's cowardly, he's weak. Instead of working on his garden, he's running elsewhere. We also need to see that um, uh, as a, not unique to our day, but uh, uh, intensified in our day, is the use of pornography uh, by married men um, or unmarried men as well. Uh, the use of pornography is pleasure without conquest, without dominion which is an unmasculine trait. This might seem like a weird angle to take, but God has so designed sex in relationships that it should be done in marriage. By that design, what God shows us is that the guy who gets sexual pleasure in marriage is the guy who can master himself, get a job, woo a woman, win a woman, propose to a woman, marry a woman, and then take dominion over that relationship uh, for her pleasure and his pleasure. So that sex is, the, is at the end of the road, is this prize and glorious experience for men who become men. When boys become men, they get a wife and they get sex as the crown of that marriage experience. Um, and, and, and so what pornography is, is seeking orgasmic pleasure without taking the dominion over one's own life and a relationship with a woman so that he would receive actual sex. Instead, what it pervertedly uh, and grossly uh, does is a reverse of God's order so that instead of wooing and winning and loving a woman and having sex with her, a man remains in his own bedroom, bathroom, whatever, and watches videos of other men taking dominion and conquest, taking a woman, and he pleasures himself to that. That is not just unholy and unrighteous and all these other things we will and can say about it next week. It's also unmasculine because it, it, it is seeking pleasure without conquest. God has given pleasure to the men who conquest, who, who take dominion, and, re and uh, receive as the prize and glory of their life, a woman that they love. So uh, pornography does this as well. Uh, faithfulness is ungodlike. This is the biggest thing that we can say, where we started and now we'll wrap up. 
faithlessness, infidelity is ungodlike. Constantly throughout Scripture, we are told that God is a covenant-keeping God, a faithful God who never goes back on his promises, never breaks a vow, never breaks an oath, never reverses a promise. This is our God, a faithful, promise-keeping God. He's our example for marriage, that we should, through thick and thin, remain with, loving, faithful to our wife. And I know that one of the frequent excuses is from men, uh, well, you know, you don't know my wife. She is a piece of work. Well, nobody's wife is a piece of work like Jesus' wife is. Uh, like nobody can look at Jesus and say, well, my wife is pretty useless. She complains a lot. She's full of unholiness and she doesn't really do, uh, you know, submit very well. Jesus can look at us and go, yeah, I kind of know what that's like. The church is very often blasphemous, insulting, unholy, unrighteous and unsubmissive. And yet Jesus never stops loving, never reverses his atonement, blood sacrifice, never regrets dying for us. Friends, this is the love that we're supposed to have like Jesus faithful through the end, no matter what we receive from the other side. <clears throat> and also, uh, you know, young men, Jesus was a young man who was single. And the reason that he kept himself sing, uh, pure, even sexually, was because he knew he was to fulfill and had to fulfill a future covenant. And we need to, young guys, think the same way. You're not yet married. And yet there's a future covenant you will be stepping into. Uh, you will one day be getting married. And so you want to keep your ground as weed-free as possible. You want to keep your experience as holy unto the Lord as possible so that future marriage will be uh, 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 the holiest it can be, the most blessed it can be. Don't use these unmarried days to sow weeds and tears among the soil. And that is what you're doing if you're sleeping with other women, um, looking at pornography and the like. So rather keep the soil uh, uh, clean like Christ did so that when you step into the covenant that God has for you, you will be the best that you can be for the wife that he has prepared for you. And be encouraged at the moment that um, despite past sin before you're a Christian, despite past sin even while you have been a Christian, whether it has been lust of the heart, pornography or genuine adultery, while if there has been adultery, your wife deserves to know and she needs to know, you need to confess and repent of that. Real repentance will entail confession um, and work through the hardships of that. Uh, if those things have been committed, there is forgiveness of God available. The, the cross saves adulterers. The cross saves the lustful. The cross saves perverts and the cross saves sexual sinners. Um, we are brought together, not by our own holiness, but the holiness of Jesus, renewed and transformed to live as faithful men who love our wives and uh, glorify Jesus. So, gentlemen, maybe there's conversations you need to have with your wife about relationships together, relationships with other people, about past sins or current addictions that you might have. Uh, maybe you need to have the conversation um, uh, about uh, plans going forward to better protect yourselves. Whatever it is, I pray that you'd have those conversations. Um, uh, be prayerful to the Lord. Repent and confess of sin. And uh, be men that glorify Jesus and image him in our faithfulness to our wives. Stay pure, stay holy, and uh, stay in the word, gentlemen. Uh, bless you, and I'll see you next time.